Oh, well. Now, what is it that they call you that is so terrible? Well, don't tell anyone, OK? It's our little secret. Back home, they call me... Muffin. <laughs> Muffin? Oh, my, my, my. Muffin? <laughs> Who's that? Muffin. Hey, stop making fun of me. Muffin. Muffin wants to live outdoors. That's our life, it isn't yours. Go back where your life began. Go, Go back, back to your, your muffin can. Muffin before you get beaten, cow. Muffin before you get eaten. Yum, yum. Don't listen to the police. Don't go home. Muffin, you better go home. Welcome once again to the Heaps Good Aussie Filmcast, the show where we review and discuss the greatest films and TV shows from the greatest country in the world, Australia. Australia. It has been a long time since we were last uh, potting, podcasting. Yeah, it's just been busy, mate. Yeah, I guess. About, uh, yeah. So we took, a, I guess, about a four-month break together. Was it really four months? I think, yeah, something like four months. I think we stopped in March... And so, yeah, the fans, they've been, they've been clamouring. I mean, that's mainly been my fault, yeah. other than Chris. <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been down, I've been waiting, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm in the gorilla position, waiting to <laughs> review one of my favourite films, childhood films of all time, Napoleon. Um, before you say anything, Jordan, we'll get into it later. Yep, so that's Jordan, I'm Tom, let's start the podcast. How have you been, Jordan? Um, busy, very, very busy. Right. Just working, uni. W- where you work again? Uh, why? Just, just, just chatting. Um, I work at a convenience store. Nice. Yeah. So lo- long, late, late hours. Yeah, two a.m. Two a.m. Got a three a.m. one next week. Yeah, and you're working late tonight as well, aren't you? I am. Yeah, till two. <sighs> yeah, it's Lovely. gonna be good. Saturday. Uh, Saturday, right? All right. Well, how... yeah, Saturday will be fun. Okay, yeah. let's not talk about work. Let's talk <laughs> about some movies. Yep. And uh, since it's been a while since we last uh, talked to you guys, I thought we could um, maybe introduce some brand new segments before Ooh. we uh, talk about Napoleon. Um, what so, do you got for me, Tom? Well, I don't know if you know this about me, Jordan, um, but I love the 99 cent um, iTunes rental. I do believe I know that. The majority of my movie watching comes from the 99 cent rental. Uh, Is it just the low, low prices or...? Yeah. The quality of film. Oh, mate, both. Like, I mean, a few years ago, I'd say I wasn't really that interested in renting them. Um, but they've got some really quality films out lately. I saw... It's like films that um, you want to see in cinemas, uh, but it's not... They're very small and very independent. Oh, and right, right. You right. can't be sure if it's going to be amazing or not, so you just end up not going. You're not sure you want to go to Hoyts and spend $18 well, just to watch a film? $10 now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Good on you, Hoyts. Hoyts is doing $10 movie tickets, so... For us, it was always bugger Hoyts and yeah. just go straight to yeah. Alice Nova. That was based on my ex- based on my experiences paying $30 to see The Hobbit Part 1. Oh, that was ludicrous. 3D extreme screen. Um, I said, no, nah, not doing it again, not mate. It. But yeah, now $10 tickets, so not bad, eh? Can't complain about that. Popcorn's a bit exy. Popcorn's a bit exy, yeah. Well, don't get popcorn. Just go, you go to the food land. Go, you go oh. to the food land and you, you sneak it in. It's not the even same, Even though you mate. don't need to sneak it in. But 
part, yeah. part of the experience is sneaking in food to the cinema. It makes it even tastier. I just I sneak in alcohol. That's all I really bring Ooh, in. Hang on. <laughs> I don't think you should have said that. Anyway, 99 cent I'm iTunes uh, movie of the week. So I've seen films like uh, Dope, uh, oh, yeah. Captain Fantastic. How was Captain Fantastic? Pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah, it was, it was oh. all right. Okay. Um, no, I did really enjoy it. Um, you get to see, uh, what's his name? Viggo Mortensen. Yes. See Nothing penis. I haven't seen Seeing his penis before. again. Yeah, as I was well as say. Um, Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises, yep, very good. Was Eastern Promises a better film? Um, no, I think I like, I didn't really like Eastern Promises, if I'm totally honest. I know you did. I enjoyed it, but anyway, I can, I can see why someone wouldn't. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the, uh, the movie that's up this week. I just rewatched it again last night. Hell or High Water. Now, I've been wanting to watch this for a while. Yes. So I'm relying on this review. It is a Oscar nominated film. And because it's the 99 cent, I thought, why not try to do it? In 99 seconds. So, John, would you be able to... I've got the timer right here. Got the timer right here, yeah. You uh, you ready to go? Okay, yeah. Here we are, go. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Hello High Water tells the story of two brothers who decide to rob a series of banks through the dying country town in Texas for reasons later explained in the film. Chris Pine plays Toby Howard in one of, if not his best role, as the more level-headed and professional brother who wants to do right by his... teenage boys after leaving them on bad terms. Ben Foster, unsurprisingly, gives another scene-stealing performance as his brother Tanner, the more wild and unpredictable brother, who had recently just been released from prison. Jeff Bridges plays Sheriff Marcus Hamilton, the man in charge of stopping these two, and delivers a performance that many regard as Jeff Bridges' best since Crazy Heart, and it's hard to argue why. Directed by David McKenzie and written by Taylor Sheridan, who also wrote Sicario and episodes of Sons of Anarchy. Every element works exceptionally well from directing, writing, and especially acting, in my opinion. While the, there are female characters in the film, it's really about the men and the powerful performances they give. So if you're going in expecting strong female characters, eh, better look somewhere else. Um, at the time, this was one of the most anticipated films of the year. It had 96% Rotten Tomatoes and was compared to No Country for Old Men. Uh, so expectations were through the roof when I s- decided to see it. This film was also nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, as I already said. Uh, unfortunately, um, because of those praises and expectations, I was... Uh, a little disappointed when I saw it in cinemas, uh, but now watching it on the iPad, I think it's great, and I definitely think it's worth the uh, 99 cent rental price. So I definitely recommend checking it out. Cool. A minute and 20 seconds. You okay, had I had 40, time. Yeah, 20 seconds to spare. Damn man. it, I got nervous. Yeah, no, you were blasting. But yeah, it. I got it. It's a western. I probably should have said it as well, like a modern, <laughs> modern, modern day western. But yeah, all good. Right. Interesting. So. I thought as well, at the start of the show, I always talk about the best uh, films and TV shows uh, from the greatest country in the world, but we have never mentioned a single TV show. We haven't? No. Until now. Which one is it? Oh, so I figured uh, we can talk about a film that I believe I recommended to you um, in high school called uh, Review with Miles Barlow. Yes. I remember being told about this. By myself, and I I looked it up and I was watching it and I don't think I saw a comedy like it. No. And just the concept alone is very... Yep. Well, how about I explain? Um, So, Review with with Miles Barlow was an Australian satirical black comedy television series that aired on ABC in 2008 and 2010 produced by Starlight Productions. 
While other critics waste time with trivial matters such as film, food, or food or art, one man dares to review all facets of life, uh, our experiences, our emotions, our deepest, darkest desires, and rates them out of five stars. Created by Phil Lloyd and Trent O'Donnell, and starring Phil Lloyd as Miles. So, what is so great about this show? I'm a big fan of black comedy. Yeah, I like the. Darker, the better for me. Yeah. And there is some really low points in this. Yeah. So as example, um, I'll say that. So season one. Um, okay. No, I'll go back a bit. So um, every episode, there's three reviews and two mini reviews in between each one. The mini reviews range from like drowning or bush ranging. Um, and so while season one dealt with more um, universally relatable themes that... Um, usually provided strong commentary on human psychology and society in general. Um, excuse me. Um, so some of the uh, reviews included uh, Criticism, which actually starred um, David Stratton, the, oh, yeah, the movies that's guy. Right, that's that was right. so hilarious. Um, they got into a fight, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they hated each other because um, <laughs> David wrote in a letter saying how overrated Miles was, and, yeah, he took offence to that. Um, we also have Stealing, Freeloading, Murder... And oh, that was a funny one. Paying for sex, both female and male. So, <laughs> good fun. And then in the second series, I think it gets um, a lot sillier oh, and yeah. a lot more out there. Um, They're not afraid to really get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where is it? Yeah, so there's Addiction, which Jordan and Miles... Yeah, our personal favourite. That's one where Miles... Um, just gets addicted to everything possible. Yeah, he gambling, smoking, fitness, yep. uh, yes. alcohol, like everything, every yep. single thing. Which is hilarious. Um, and we got starting your own cult and killing Kyle Sanderlands. So just hilarious. Just just the reviews alone, I think. Yeah. Or the what he's reviewing is enough to make you want to see it. Fear was another really good fear, one. Fear. Yeah, I actually did a short film that was <laughs> like inspired by fear. Uh, and like, so in the fear um, episode, he asks someone to kill him, yeah. ask a hitman to kill him. And then he moves out to this remote cabin and like... Puts smoke machines Smoke machines and rusty chains. Rings and he, like a light fixtures and everything. And he pays a creepy child to stare at him from the backyard and disappear the next second. It's bloody marvellous. Bloody marvellous stuff. Um, so, and also the... The final um, reviews he gives at the end of each segment are also just as hysterical as well. So I, I have an example. This is from the uh, having a dickhead as a friend. So having a dickhead friend can be an enormous burden. However, there is an even greater risk lurking in the bushes. And even though you've camped at this spot many times before, you fail to see the warning signs, such as the growling and the missing sausages. Of course, I refer to the risk of becoming a dickhead yourself, which certainly happened in my case. And while it's convenient to blame alcohol for my metamorphosis, it's really like blaming the lion for eating the gazelle when I never should have sat them at the same table. But once I accepted my fate, I became reduced... I, sorry, I became seduced by the liberating, unburdled joy of what is tremendously uplifting lifestyle. Four stars. <laughs> so it's, it's top of the line, really great stuff. And... The Quite use, highbrow. Yeah, the use of analogies and metaphors. And yeah, it's, the metaphors during every, like, uh, yeah. 
yeah, the the actual like worded review, yeah, is it's just so funny, like the similes and everything. And so, did you know that um, there's actually an American version? Yes, I did, of show. and it's written by R- written yeah. by yeah, um, Phil Lloyd. Yeah, and um, I've seen a couple. I know it's getting great reviews over there, um, but to me, there was something that just didn't lacking didn't work quite as well it's uh the, the american version stars andy daly who mm. i think is a really really funny comedian he is. yeah one of the good. he hosts one of the funny po- funniest podcasts i've ever listened to um but i think the main problem is that it's not phil lloyd doing the reviews there's something about him that just i think it's because he carries himself like a legitimate reviewer right and while he does some very silly stuff really dark stuff like murder and streaking um, the the American version it just I don't know how to say it but he's he just comes across as a goofy reviewer rather than just a reviewer right and I think with the Australian version having Miles Barlow who plays it completely straightforward in the beginning and then eventually yeah just goes out of control based on his reviews yeah. Um, I just think it makes a lot more funny. And I think there's also a lot more heart um, in the Australian version. Yeah. Does well. An- I was about to ask, does Andy Daly, like, you know, really get into it? Because Miles Barlow, I feel like he, you know, he really went full hard into it. I think it. so, yeah. Okay. I-, I really haven't seen all of them. Um, I know there's a I've lot. only seen a little. Yeah, I know there's um, a lot that come like straight from the Australian TV yeah, show. Yeah, I- divorce. Divorce and, and, like, and addiction. Di- addiction. Um, and also the American one just does a lot more far out stuff, like um, being Batman for a day oh, or nah. having like, I saw one where it was like having a magic eight ball decide what you're going to do. See, that could be funny. Yeah. The well, the joke, the joke in the American one was he put the magic eight ball in the fanny pack. So he would walk around and shake the magic eight ball in the fanny pack. Looked like he was like yeah. scratching himself or or whatever, so that was the joke. But, I mean, that's sort of where the skit okay. started and ended from there. So not as highbrow, you'd say? No, not as not as um, sophisticated as right. some of the Well, that's what reviews. I liked about the Miles Barlow, was yeah. it was shrouded in sophistication. He was doing this for, you know, almost for the sake of mankind. Yeah. And it was... This, like it was a mission to him. Yeah. Like it consumed his whole life. Yeah, definitely. And there were even some um, moments in Australian uh, Review with Miles Barlow. I, I hate the fact that I have to say Australian Review. Yeah. Um, I know the American guy's named something else, Forrest or something like that. Mm. Um, but there were even some reviews that just weren't funny, but in fact really heartbreaking. There was yeah, no, like betrayal divorce where, and betrayal. Yeah, divorce, betrayal, he... Um, he takes in a um, Iranian refugee. Oh and man, then, that and, was heartbreaking. Yeah, gives him a job, gives him a home, shows him friendship, and then um, yeah, just calls the cops on him and gets yeah, taken away he, he again. Wasn't, he wasn't like a legal immigrant; he was like a asylum seeker. Yeah, and then you know he didn't have a working visa or anything so that's, like that, so he hooked everything up for him and then ripped it away. So if you want an example of dark, yeah, dark that's, comedy, like there is black comedy, that and man, then there is just black dark like almost humorless yeah that a man sends a middle eastern man to death just for the sake of answering a listener's oh, question drug muling drug muling that was like just heartbreaking and then <laughs> by the end of it it's 
uplifting yeah, in the yeah, most yeah. ridiculous sense. Yeah. So definitely check out Review with Miles Barlow. Unfortunately, they have just taken it off Netflix and Stan. It's a crying show. I feel like it was there forever. And then yeah. I checked this morning and it's gone. Really, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But good news is that you can check out season one. If you're interested, Margot Robbie is actually in the very first yes. episode before she was famous. Yeah. And I think having a dickhead for a mate. Yeah, having a dickhead for a mate. Um, still incredibly beautiful. Um, As always. I think she was doing Neighbours at the yeah, time. Yeah, no, no. I reckon. Um, but yeah, no, de- definitely check it out on YouTube. It's on YouTube, so there's no excuse for you not to see it. Um, I reckon my second favourite episode has to be Art. Art, yeah. It's, you talk about that oh, a lot. I love Needles. so funny. Yeah. And so disgustingly sad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, there's two seasons and a Christmas special. So you should. Oh, yeah, the Christmas special's all right. Yeah, Andrew O'Keefe did, That's did, a, right. did a thing in that. Bloody hell. Yeah, well, legend. All right, should we talk about Napoleon? I know you're very excited too. Um, I'm, I'm rearing to go, mate. Let's, all right. Let's cut into it. Let's do it. Warning, the following review contains heavy spoilers. We encourage you to watch the film first and then come back and revisit the podcast. Jordan, there's a new world out there. Is there? Coming to find me. Everything's waiting up ahead. Nothing ruins me. If I don't dream, if I don't try, how will I know how far I'll fly? Is this a poem or is this a song from... This is a song that plays in the opening credits um, and in the end credits of Napoleon, the 1995 Adelaide cult classic. Not going to lie. The musical aspect caught me off guard. Did not... Mm. Didn't think it was a musical. I should have known. No. But... Caught me off guard. So, Jordan, um, I'd seen this as a child. Um, right. Did you? No. Okay. So, you're coming in this completely, completely fresh. fresh. I was the one who recommended we watch Napoleon. Yep. Um, just to change it up a bit. And I wanted to do a Adelaide film. So, Was it an Adelaide film? It was an Adelaide film. Okay. Because it the was very, in Sydney, right? He, they went to Sydney. Right. At the very beginning, he looks out... Uh, Napoleon looks out over the edge and it's clearly the city of Adelaide. Yeah, I thought so. And then all, the next thing you know, like, yep. it's been like a minute and is in Sydney. Yeah, it's a very fast balloon. But <laughs> um, did you like the film? No, not at all. Uh, it was... Well, that's a problem, John, because this is a heaps good Aussie film cast, not the uh, heaps shit Aussie film cast. Yeah, well, uh, whose fault's that, mate? Um, I don't recommend shit films. I blame your parents uh, for not... For not giving you the right education. Do you want me to call my mum up and ask her why? Nah. All right. That's okay. Well. Another time. Is there a reason why you don't like it? Because um, I, 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 can, I can understand. I can several, mate. I'm not saying it's a five-star film for sure. I can. Out I of would, ten or? This is not a film I'd buy the Blu-ray of and just have it on whenever I'm feeling down. I'd buy the rights and stop selling it. Ouch. Well, yep. I don't. I can't imagine it. Continuing, no. I don't think there's going to be a twentieth um, anniversary edition coming well, out. He's episode. probably dead by now. Yes. Yeah. Every all sixty four of them. But it's all are right. Dead. All sixty four. It was. Jesus. Yeah. I'll explain a bit later. But was the number say, was like between fifty eight and sixty four, and I'll I was going to say why. there was plenty of times where I thought they looked different, but <laughs> I didn't think there was that many. Yeah. 
I think if you pay close attention to it, you can definitely see. Yeah, there was some scenes like close-ups where I was like, that looks like a different dog. But anyway, you didn't answer the question. Why, why, do, you, why do you hate this film and all of Australian cinema? Why do I hate Australian good times cinema? and all of Australian cinema? It's trash. It's just garbage. We should stop. We Mate. should hand it off to the Americans because they make much better films, obviously. Okay. No. Um, You're being a bit rough, all right? No, I probably I, I'll take you, those back. I probably caught you a bit off guard. So how about we just go through the film? All right. You well, can, the, I can explain what I think is great. Just from the start. Yeah. I'm just going to dig into it. The plot is paper thin. Yes. And it's just like not great voice acting and then cute animals. Totally disagree with the voice acting. In fact, I you think that's... You had fun with that galah? Yes. I didn't. That galah that is... galah was grating to the ear. hilarious. The best part was Dame Edna as a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. What about the koala? Did you, did you get I, a chuckle I, out of the koala? I did get a chuckle out of the koala. Koala was pretty funny. But Penguin, yeah, pretty, um, pretty unbearable. Just from penguin, fairy penguins from Queens. Mm. Migrating. Yeah, well, what's an Antarctic accent, mate? Apparently Queens. Queens, yep, they're all there. <laughs> fairy penguins in the Antarctic. Okay, how about, how about we go through it? Um, yep, let's... So, before I start, I'll say that um, apologies to uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, writer-director Stephen Elliott. Um, it came across my mind that we never mentioned your name um, throughout last, uh, last episode's podcast where we talked about Priscilla, the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, sorry. And <laughs> apologies to Tim, Tim Chapel, Chappelle, Chapel, one of them, and Lizzie Gardner, who did the uh, costume designing and won an Academy Award for their costume design. So hard effort, fellas. Good on you. Do you think like costume designers like get a script and think, "Holy shit, I might actually win an Oscar for this because the outfits are going to be mean, so crazy. It's going to be so good." I think as soon as you sign on for a period piece, yeah, or a piece about stage performance, yeah, with uh, you know out of this world sort of, yeah. Like dresses or get ups and makeup and everything. Yeah, I think. Because clearly, I think you've got a better idea of what you're actually getting into. Clearly, there are oh, maybe I could way bigger advantage. Oh, absolutely! Like when, as soon as it's period piece. Yeah, if the academy sees the effort, they will be mm. more likely. It's not about what color top Emma Stone wore or whatever. I don't know. Did La La Land get nominated for costumes? Oh, no, probably. Yeah, I mean, got nominated for everything There were some nice costumes in there. I'm sorry, I have to bring this up now. The lobster got beaten. Not La La Land. The lobster got beaten for most original screenplay. Keep that in mind. Like, got beaten by Manchester by the Sea. Didn't we already talk about this? Maybe. I don't know. I'm still angry. I feel like... I'm still mad, mate. I feel like in episode two, we talked about the Oscars, and you... Every episode, you've had to bring up the lobster it's, in some it's way. It's not fair. Just can we do a revision? Revision? Yeah. Is it Australian? No. No. Okay. okay. Moving on. You've got me. Okay. Oh, where are my notes? Hand on heart. I will not bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. My notes are all over the place. Right. So, uh, this is directed by Mario and spit it uh, out. <laughs> Mario Andreccio. All right, that seems about right. Written by Mario Andreccio, Michael Borcher, and Mark Saltzman. Starring Jamie Croft, Philip Quast, Carol Skinner, and uh, Susan 
Leons, and many more. Bloody hell, what's with the, what's with the names today? They should all be bloody ashamed. Very, very Italian. Uh, no wonder it's crew. bad. <laughs> um, okay, so this was made on a $4.3 million budget, which is the um, highest budget given to any independent um, South Australian film at the time. It was made by Blink Films and the Adelaide Motion Picture Company. Have you ever heard of the Adelaide no, Motion Picture? No, I have Picture? not. It's Me a neither. Film corp. Yeah. Um, Clearly, it must have changed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure because this was made in what '94. Uh, yeah, '94. Distributed in '95. Distributed in '96. '96. Yes. Okay. Just after Christmas. Um, but yeah, because I mean, Adelaide Motion Picture Company. It. Who calls movies motion pictures anymore? Like. Motion picture. Yeah. I like motion picture here. Transatlantic voice. Yeah. So, and um, the director, Mario Andraccio, was inspired to make the film after watching The Adventures of Milo and Otis with his children. Right. Have you heard of Milo and Otis? I have heard of it. haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't <sighs> around at that point. What? Um, I wasn't around during yeah, sure. Milo and Otis. But Neither were you during... Uh, Oh, I guess you were. No, I would. I would have when you this came out. Zero uh, when this came out. So oh, no, I was. I was kicking. Months. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, think about that. This film is as old as us, basically. Anyway, the Milo Notice is a um, Japanese film about a yeah. dog and a cat. I think trying to get home. Not sure. I have this super vague memory of me watching it at my grandma's house. The only um, film I remember of a dog is like a Japanese one is Hachiko. Hachiko? Is that a cartoon? No, no. It's a live action one okay. of the dog that waits every day at the train station for his owner to come oh, back. Yeah. I think they made an one. American version of they that. Did. They did. It's called Hachiko. Hachiko. Okay. But I, I haven't keep... seen the Japanese one. kind of want to. I'll keep that in mind. Please stay close to the mic as well, John. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, Japanese film, yes. And, um, oh, yeah. I had a. I used to have a cat named Milo, which I think was named after that. But anyway, moving on. Um, there, as I mentioned before, sixty-four dogs um, played the role of Napoleon. Ludicrous. Um, that was because they could only have a dog for three weeks, and once three weeks happened, it would grow too old. It would oh. get too big. Yeah, no, so that makes to get sense. Yep. And the dogs would sleep a lot, apparently. Puppies do. Yep. So this ended up taking uh, 28 weeks to film, which is half a year. Yeah. Which is bloody insane. Yeah. Um, I was, was going to ask because there was a sudden weather change suddenly that just, like, to snow. Yeah. Napoleon found snow. He just somehow. Casually, one day is in... You know, it's regular Australian weather, and the next day it's snow. Yeah, I believe that was done in Tasmania because they. I was, was going to ask, that has to be Victoria yeah. or Tasmania? So I had, I've written down somewhere. Oh, yep, here we go. Uh, filmed on location in South Australia, Tasmania, New South Wales, Northern Territory, and South Australian Film Corporation Studios. Right. Which might have been the Adelaide motion picture at the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, yeah, I mean, we talked about um, the castle in the very first episode and how that took less than two weeks to make. Yeah, it still blows my mind. Yeah, and then you get a film that takes six months to make 
It's pretty crazy. Um, but the fact that it was six months and it stuck to a $4.3 million budget is quite impressive. It I mean, is. You, I don't have to, you don't have to pay animals a lot, I figure. Yeah. All the moving parts, though, yeah. of like, all the animal wranglers. Yeah. The fact that, I mean, there is no actors in the film per se, but the amount of time it would take to get a shot with an animal, because there is a lot of exotic animals in this. Yeah. You've got frogs, you've got cats, you've got... Frilled neck lizards. neck lizards and just owls. Yep. I didn't, All yeah, of Australia's best. Pretty much. Mm. But um, I, w- I will say, impressive effort. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> good try, guys. Good, good job, guys. But you've, you've not sold me. Okay. Well, let's, let's go through it beat by beat, in case you guys haven't seen it. So, uh, Napoleon is basically that of a child wanting to be an adult. More specifically, he desires to be a dog for reasons that are never really established in the film. Uh, Tired of being treated like a kid because of his cuteness, being called Muffin by his mum, Napoleon feels destined to be an explorer and live a life without rules. What do you think of Napoleon? Because to me, he kind of came across as an asshole in the beginning. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like cocky. Very cocky. Um, There's one scene. Overzealous. He's like, there's kids running. And he goes, I can run faster. Yeah, I I noticed that I can run faster than any of these guys. And I was like, mate, just calm down. Calm down. Like, you're not a big dick in a locker room. Just take it easy. I know your protagonist needs to have flaws, but anyway. And yeah, let's push some dork in the pool. Oh, yeah. Oh, that dork is me. Yeah, just, oh. Mate, mate, it's going to be rough. You're that small friend on the night out who's a bit too eager. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And. Also, the, the kids um, who come running down, so 90s. Oh. I mean, you grew up thinking like, oh, yeah, sure, the 80s. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can tell like when 80s fashion was a thing. But, yeah. you know, I guess 90s, yeah, it's come down. No, ni- the 90s uh, fashion choices were very colourful. Yep. They had so many accessories, like straight off the Sesame Street set. Yes. Like, oh. you got that Rugrats-inspired patterns, uh, a lot yeah, of pink, a lot yeah, of green. Yeah, yeah. Uh, overalls Like pastels and stuff yeah. Pinwheel hats Yeah the pinwheel hat I didn't hat. think that was And that was the other thing He was like I'll show them I'll put slubber all over This pinwheel hat Yeah And I was just like I can't take great. this seriously You're so great goddamn Adorable Jamie Croft Yeah Everyone's walking around Wearing those dumb pinwheel hats <laughs> While trying to make An ironic comment On how they're being An adult and a child At the same time When reality It's actually a very Accurate reflection Of their incredibly Childish identity Shout out to Friendly Geordies. Friendly Geordies, right Fruity Lexia makes you sexier. <laughs> no. We also find out he's afraid of water. So maybe oh, yeah. that will... Water is the villain in this yeah. film. Mm-hmm. It's a very strong sim- symbolic representation of, of... water. Of water, yep. Yep. Thanks. Classy. Um, okay, well, so Napoleon, uh, wandering around, um, decides to hop in a basket... Did you press record? Yeah, yes, you did. Sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no no, trust in this bloody relationship. No, yeah. Sorry, guys. I wasn't sure if John pressed record. Um, so he hops in the basket um, and it just all of a sudden starts floating away. And mother's, mother's calling out to him. Mom's freaking out. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of um, the performance by... Go on. First thing. Susan Leons as the mum. I thought it was alright. She sounded like a nice mum, like a warm. I remember being very sad um, yeah, when she, she would call out to se- her son. Yeah, it seems like the nice warm mum that just wants to take care of her kid. Yeah, very protective. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, I I I used to get a little little teary um, at the thought of little Napoleon being drifted away by helium balloons and a mum tied up to the kennel, not being able to do anything. Like I I thought the I feel like that's something I missed out on as an adult, knowing that this dog is going to be fine. That's not the point. <laughs> she doesn't know he's going to be all right. No, she doesn't. She thinks she probably do. thinks he's going to be dead. No, prob- I'm surprised he isn't. Yeah. I bet you wish he was. Well, I mean, she doesn't really know if that's her son. There's 64 of them. All right. Funny. Um, have to say, though, why was the puppy allowed to just roam and mum was tied up? I don't know. What's that about? Because um, he had a nice bow on, and if you tie up the bow... I, maybe the puppy won't attack the kids. Maybe the mum is a biter. Maybe she's a very dangerous dog. I mean... Maybe she might attack some of the kids if she's, like, not on a leash. And, like, Napoleon was wearing a very cute bow, and if you put a leash on, it might ruin the bow. That being said, they chucked the dog in a pool on a pool raft. Yeah. So I, I'm not as worried about the mum as know, Maybe kids. they just forgot. Maybe they just, like, just left mum there. Who knows? <laughs> One of the great mysteries. And then at the end of the film, she's tied up, and then she's not tied up. Inconsistent. Yeah, no, that's right. One star. You, you pay close attention there. He's afraid of water. Uh, I felt something. Okay, so drifting through. There's a new world out there, etc., etc. Oh. Um, so it's it's strange how he manages to travel from Adelaide to Sydney. Yeah, no, very clearly looking at the Adelaide skyline. Because because I did recently. Even though 20 years ago, you can still. Yeah. From living here, seeing it from the hills, you can tell that's the Adelaide skyline. Yeah. Well, you. At, earlier on, you weren't sure, were you? So no, I, I was like, because I was watching it with my missus and we were, I was like, you can tell that's Adelaide. And then all of a sudden, there's a, like a, a monorail going through. And yeah. I'm like, I've lived here that's my new. whole life. That's, that's new. And so do they get rid of that? Is that new? Yeah. And then Sydney Harbour Bridge, Sydney Opera House. Because no I'm, one wants to see Adelaide in a film. No, nah, it's boring. Get just rid of it. See, just go to Sydney or Melbourne. Or Sydney and the Outback. Or that's it. Yeah. Don't complicate things for our American audiences. I want to see a film in Geelong. Geelong. Or Perth, somewhere. Okay. Completely new. Right. Name one film with Geelong in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, was Rumble Stumper? Nah, that was Footscray. Okay, well, I'll figure it out. We'll let's make one. Let's make one. Do it. Done. Write right. it down. Victoria's shit, eh? So, yeah, if you were to walk to Sydney, it would take 12 days. So let's just assume <laughs> the balloon is twice as fast. I mean, if it's it going as about fast as a days. plane. Is it going as fast as a plane? So that would be, that would be like three and a half hours, four hours? Probably around four, I'd say. By a plane? Yep. So the plane should starve to death. But we'll... Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, for, we'll forgive the film. Well, there could have been candy. He had all that candy, remember? Because it was such a great song, I'll, f- I'll completely forgive that. Absolutely. absolutely. Time flies by when you're having fun. Yep. So he's, he continues floating, continues floating, um, and Birdo makes his appearance. Um, I thought Birdo was pretty hysterical, not going to lie. What do you think? Were you, um, were you eight? Uh, no, I was 21. Nah. Nah. I mean, Grading. his voice. I mean, I, okay, yeah. look, I understand they were trying to sync up the lines with the opening the and closing of the mouth. Yeah, and I thought that was really funny how he just have these random. Yeah, uh, I mean, outbursts. I understand it, but as, ah! as an adult, I'm trying to think of sitting in this film with a kid and just being like, Jesus Christ, is it over? 
Mm. I got to the 40 minute mark about halfway and I was like, Jesus, I'm, <laughs> I'm nowhere close to finishing this. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you shouldn't have watched it two hours ago. Well, no, I like watching the film before we do this because it's fresh. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, just so you know, audience, um, I, was, I was setting up the podcast gear, expecting John to come here at one. Uh, and then he's like, Oi, what's your, what's your stand uh, account? <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Have you not seen the film? No, I tried logging in and <laughs> my internet at home is not great. Yeah. And so... Uh, <coughs> I gave you the wrong password anyway. That's right. But so yeah, this is completely fresh in Jordan's mind. Yes, I the actually, anger, the anger has come to a boil. I actually watched this twice uh, because one time when we agreed to do the podcast, things just didn't work out. So I had to watch this film twice. <laughs> I pity you. So now I feel like I'm an expert on the polling. But yeah, no, I, I like Birdo. He's quite manic. Um, he, uh, it fits with the personality of a bird. I suppose. the Later on in the film, he calms down a little. Yeah. And he's, not, he's more tolerable. Yeah. But at, at first... Singing is atrocious. I'll give you that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Just... Yeah. Okay. So uh, Birdo helps Napoleon by popping all the balloons in his basket. Oh, he's a basket case now. <laughs> uh, almost killing Napoleon. <laughs> Uh, but he's all right. Napoleon's all right, and he he realizes the boy does not stop. He realizes now that he's in the middle of nowhere, he can finally be a wild dog, and so he just continues his journey, finding the wild dogs, being a part of them. So night falls, and shit gets really creepy. Enters the forest. Yep. When it's a bad idea, and especially when the black cat emerges. Before the black cat, there is a spider. Yes. With a lovely web. Yeah. And he ruins this web. Accidentally. Unknowingly. He... Why is every spider French? She's not French. Tell me that accent wasn't French. Well, it's an American woman named Carol Kane. Yeah. I think it was like, just... She was talking like this. No, she wasn't. She was. Uh, quick question. Did you watch it on Stan? Yeah, no. I watched it on YouTube. Okay. Um, I think this is... Oh, no. Does Napoleon have an American accent? No, a uh, little. A little. I think I've watched the American version because... Does Birdo have an Australian accent? No. <sighs> I was wondering about this. Shit. I was looking on the IMD page, IMDb page, Shit. and there was two credits for each character. Yeah. Stan has the Why American one. Why does Stan one. have the American version? As ironic as that is. Stan has the American one. <laughs> God damn it. Because I heard fucking what's his name from Princess Bride. He was the um he was the echidna. Yeah. The um the high pitched guy, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Vinny? He plays Vinny? Yeah. Yeah. That and I was like, oh what's he doing in this? And then the snake <laughs> oh, no. is some guy I've forgotten completely, but I recognized the voice immediately. Okay, well, I was going to have... Is this why I hate the film? I think this is why you hate the film. Please don't make me watch it again. I think in, you're going to have to watch it again, Aussie. mate. You will definitely appreciate it more. Um, Dame Edna's the same in each one. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I knew that for sure. I knew definitely Dame Edna. But any, any Australian accent has been changed for anything is else. Is that why the penguins are from Queens? Uh, no, the, the penguins were from Queens in the Australian one. Okay. But... Um, Look, I haven't seen the American version, so I can't say for sure, but Jesus I'm pretty sure they Christ. just eliminated for 
because there was an American version audience that was um, released by just do, straight uh, to TV. Do we not, do we not talk clear enough? No, uh, um, maybe just just confirming. They might be a little confused. I know you don't talk clear enough when you with your soft speaking and you're I'm, I'm constantly sorry. drifting away from the microphone. I'm sorry. I just I'm too relaxed. That's cool. Oh well. Well, so, this was fun. Uh, so we got. <laughs> we'll keep going. But I mean, it doesn't change. John has seen the worst version, um, and I've seen the better version. The best. Because, like the. Uh, I'm upset about that. The frilled neck. So the frilled neck lizard that Napoleon will eventually yeah, come on across. On the road. Um, it's really funny in um, the Australian version, and I saw the American version. Just dead shit. Just just sucks. Yeah. It just doesn't I, as get As soon it. as you said, yeah, it was really funny, I was like, was he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, he was I'm like, threat, I'm really... Hang on. Oh, jeez. Okay, so we... Ladies and gentlemen, I take everything I've said back. I've seen scenes from the Australian one. It is extremely more funny. Yeah. And I'm very upset I've not only wasted my time, Tom's time, but now your time giving a false review. Yeah. I feel like a liar and I cannot apologise enough. I appreciate your apology, Jordan. But at the same time... I'm spewing, mate. I can definitely understand why you'd have such a hatred for the American version. Because it just completely wipes out all the Australian charm, despite the fact being set in Australia and having Australian it, animals. Oh, they just... That's the only tie at that point. Thinking that kids are stupid. Just and, iconography. Uh, not going to understand Australian accents for some reason. Just decide to just change it for the Napoleon's worst. Napoleon's accent yeah. is just the typical Aussie young lad accent of, like, you know, the, the 90s. Yep. Uh, what is it? Birdo sounds much better. Yep. It's just it, nowhere near as grating. Yep. The frill neck lizard so scene I, is I'll, bloody funny. So let, I'm going to play that for the audience. Hopefully you can hear. Well, you can just put the audio clip in. Uh, Are you okay? Live commentary. So you can hear Birdo. Sounds like an asshole. So that's the full neck wizard. So that's the American version. Yep. And so I'll play the Australian version. Here we go. Oops. I knew there'd be an ad. <laughs> I was waiting no, for. That's actually that's actually Napoleon singing. Oh. Uh, sorry, Riveting. <laughs> this is a blade disaster, isn't it? Oh, I clicked the wrong video. Here we go. Here we go. Classic time. All right. So this is the Australian field neck wizard. Much better. Yeah. Much better. I blame myself. Um, I blame Stan. Why would an I Australian blame Stan broadcasting as well. network have an American version of an Australian film? And why is it in the Australian cinema category That's as well? That's blasphemy. I know. I, I refuse. Okay. Well, very sorry you didn't get to experience the joys I did as You're a lucky I'm sitting child. down because I would not take this standing up. No. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's soldier on because not... Because you get you get some still get some good moments in the American version, just not as many. But anyway, the cat. Were you freaked out by the cat? The cat was an asshole. Yeah. Like 
Because I mean, these... most cats are, but this one was just bloody hopped up on eight lines of speed. Yeah, I mean, well, the Australian version, the real version. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to call the it the Australian version. The true version. <laughs> this is like the podcast. We're talking about review of Miles Barlow that also has an American version, and we're talking about Napoleon that also has an American version. It's like, why don't you like us, America? Are we? Is our True blue Aussie accent, not good enough for you, Yanks, eh? Eh, bloody imports. Find it irritating? Well, I find your accent irritating. Mate. I find it irritating in Napoleon, and I don't like it. You know what? I, I, went, I went to the bloody Flinders Ranges for four days. There was mm-hmm. about five California girls. I'm surprised they were still standing after that hike because they did not take a breath between speaking to each other. Blake Honestly, off. that accent travels for miles. It's yeah. so high-pitched and happy. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off. Bloody imports. <laughs> All right. Well, in, in the real version, I'll just talk. Uh, the, um, the cat is actually quite freaky. It's um, the, the sting of the violins every now and then and the not, not feeling it. I was freaked out as a kid. Well, maybe from the, the and I know, version I was watching. And I know based on the YouTube comment sections of Napoleon, a lot of other people, lot of other people agree as well. The so, cat was, if I was a kid... Because yeah. I didn't like cats when I was a kid anyway. Yeah, I think this was a big reason why I didn't like cats yeah. for a while as well. I, I Not having seen this, like, I remember being chased out of a house by at least two cats. And if I saw this as a kid, it would not have helped. No. No. Unbelievable. All right. Let's, let's continue. Soldier so, on. There's a cat. There's a cat. He uh, wants to eat Napoleon for some reason. Thinks he's a mouse. Thinks, thinks he's a mouse because he's in the wild and it's crazy and... So yeah, I think a, everything's a mouse. That's an antagonist for our young Napoleon there to overcome. And I mean, the cat says a lot of really dark stuff as well. Oh yeah, I'm like, gonna kill you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push you over the cliff. I'm gonna push you over the cliff. Like, and Napoleon's like, "Ooh, you are a crazy cat, aren't you?" <laughs> just like, Napoleon's like, doesn't doesn't seem to be too bothered by Napoleon's just sort of, I don't know, doesn't unspinon. Okay, so as uh, Napoleon continues his journey, he. Uh, Begins to uh, overcome his fear of water. He walks across a waterfall. He uh, he uh, starts to swim, and it's um, all thanks to good old Birdo, who um, who knows he wants to be a wild dog, but knows that also knows that he can't be a wild dog. So Birdo's just sort of saying, "Oh yeah, if you want to be a wild dog, uh, yeah, uh, why don't you kill those rabbits over there, huh? Yeah, no, I can't do it." I thought that was a funny scene. Yeah, I have to admit, just all the rabbits, and he was playing with the rabbits. Yeah. I was wondering why the why the rabbits were just letting him crawl all over them and stuff. Yeah, I was like, no rabbit I've ever had playing dead. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Deer in headlights. Deer in headlights. It's this is a film that you um you can watch with the sound off and just go oh yeah like, no, for sure it's just all the cute wildlife super adorable about seeing like a puppy um, Labrador play with a koala or an yeah dinner. actually I, I found that Birdo pecks a lot. At um yeah, at Paul Napoleon yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oi, stop pecking me! Okay, um, so he overcomes his fear of water. There's a, a musical number, the first musical number. Several. M- Muffin go home, which is actually yeah, very 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 catchy. I thought the frog jumping yep. on his head was quite cute. Yeah, and the the parakeets. Uh, yeah, playing. the, the galah fighting all the lorikeets and that. Just yeah. that was. Quite funny. I've never seen that. I've never seen those two birds fight, so it was interesting. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, I wish you'd seen the real version. Um, I did too. Because the koala's the koala's quite funny. He's but in a subtle way. He's yeah. um he's sort of just playing this old man. That's just because that's what koalas sort of are. They're just basically yeah. like old men. They're just they're, they're barely high all the time. They're always sleeping. They're like. Yeah, sometimes an arsehole. Sometimes they'll scratch you for the sake of it. They may look cute and cuddly, but they can be vicious. They can be. I vicious. remember there was an offhand. This, this line. koala wasn't. I remember there was an offhand line saying about well, at least I'm not making, you know, that bloody like not making that racket or anything. Mm. And I was like, that's rich coming from a koala. Have hey. you ever heard koalas screech? I haven't. Disgusting. Disgusting. Just terrible. If you've ever heard a koala fight another koala. Is it the same sound as koalas making love? I'd assume. Mm. They are vicious lovers. Yes, they are. Just like the rest of us. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where we, how we got there. Kids um, films. Uh, so he continues his journey. I'm, I'm going to skip a bit because we, we did talk a lot about how rubbish the American version is I and how know. it's basically... I, now I don't know what... Now it's basically ruined this whole podcast. My first experience of an... Oh, no, I had Blinky. No, nah, it's all good. Don't worry. I was going to say my first experience hearing a koala talk would be an American one. Oh. But I had Blinky Bill. No, you got Blinky Bill. So it's all good, man. Where is Blinky Bill? Um, CG. Uh, yeah. Nah. But he should be around more. Same oh, with Humphrey for Bear. Sure. I Humphrey know where, Bear, yeah. Oh. I don't know where Humphrey Bear is. No, nah, he kind of fell off, eh? Oh, they're all, where's Skippy? Where's Skippy? Back in... Where's friggin'... Magic Pudding. Magic Pudding. <laughs> where's the Magic Pudding? Terrible. Where's the Owls of Gahul? Don't know that don't one. Don't know that one. No. That was a Zack Snyder animated film that was... Australian and was a massive bomb at the box office. I was about to say. Because it came across as very boring, but looked stunning. Anyway, um, so he continues his journey. A um, couple of setbacks. He, uh, he goes into a sugar cane that gets caught on fire and then Birdo helps him escape. Um, I thought there was going to be a problem with the snake. The snake? Yep. It's that snake that's in there when he turns around the corner and he oh, says, yeah. look into my eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, why does nobody trust a snake? Yep. Uh, yeah. The, the American voice for that one was actually quite funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I guess I don't remember the Australian one. Maybe it wasn't that great. I recognise the voice. I couldn't put a name to it though. Yep. Birdo finds his flock. Um, and like, was it, yeah. I found it funny that all the birds have names that end in O. Yeah. Mario, Mikuchio, Birdo. Oh, I think... Mario. Was that an Aussie sort of joke thing? I think like so. Like Dino, like yeah, you know, just nah. nah. Didn't didn't work with the uh, not with the American one. Not I with didn't. the American no. one. Um, uh, cat's back. Oh no, it's gonna eat the birds. Nah, Napoleon, uh, Napoleon says, says "Oi, get out of here! Oi, no one wants you. You're drongo." And all the birds fly away. Yeah. And then the cat's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you, man." So um. And as we played before, the frilled neck, very funny, um, tells them to go away. And um, then there was a lizard. Yep. No, we'll, we'll, before we get to that, I'll say the, um, the Napoleon and Birdo have a very touching duet. Um, a about, goodbye duet. Very, it's, like, it's like they're in love and how they have to part ways. I mean, you could easily put this song in La La Land. 
and have uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone sing it and you just would feel right. It would feel right, I mean. <laughs> it, uh, perfect, perfectly natural. Emma Stone has wings. Yeah. Ryan Gosling has paws. Yeah. Emma Stone's got to take the high road. Absolutely. Anyway, but in the Australian version, yeah, Birdo's, Birdo's voice is just unbearable when he sings. It works as a... Um, as a joke. As a comedy side. Sidekick. It's, it's not much <laughs> different than the American singer, one. Pretty, pretty unbearable. Um, all right, continuing on. Uh, I, what did I write? Finds an echidna. I think you look sharp. <laughs> I just wrote that down. I thought that was a funny <laughs> pun. Um, yeah, he, he, hears, he hears the wild dogs, um, but it turns out to be a kimono dragon. Yeah. Um, now, we realise that the American and the real one have the same voice exact actor. Exact same voice actor. Did you find it funny? A little bit, just the little absurdity of it. So the the um, kimono dragon loves doing uh, impersonations of animals. I thought the cat one was funny. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure how a kimono dragon can find a cat to uh, to to be able to impersonate from or have any idea what a cat is. Maybe it was that black cat in the desert. It did follow them everywhere. Yeah. Got to mention, um, did we mention this? But yeah, Napoleon somehow finds snow. Yep, we did mention he that. He goes, uh, goes to Tassie. So he's in the forest and goes finds snow and then the desert. So he's doing quite the walk. Quite a trek. Quite a trek. Um, Clearly doesn't know and where then he's going. Sugarcane fields, so he must be up in bloody. Oh, it's got to be Is up that in Northern like, Territory. Yeah, no, well, towards Northern Territory through Brisbane, uh, like Queensland. Right, yeah. Surely. Where's the boy going? Mm. No wonder this movie cost four point three million dollars. <laughs> they've been living it up. They're living it up all over Australia. Um, yep. Yeah, so the Komodo dragon's doing animal noises. He feels really sad because he thought he would find the the wild dogs. Yeah, it's been I mean, lied to. I mean, say what you want about. Uh, well, fuck. <laughs> In the in the, the one the version I saw, um, the actor gives a really strong performance. Like, you really feel bad for Napoleon. He's completely he's, he regrets pursuing. Yeah, that scene his, where he's uh, lying in a ditch and is yeah, just looking real sad. It's quite devastating. Like, I was like, man, I feel for this guy. He he realizes he wants his mum back, and he knows that everything he aspired to be, he he failed at, and now he's got nothing, and it's just. Bloody heartbreaking. Sounds like my life. Yeah, mate. <laughs> but then there's hopping mice and there's hopping a mice. rainstorm. The rains. Goes, finds some dingoes. Uh, yeah. So he finally find, finds the, the wild dogs. Um, there's two smaller wild dogs who start to drown because of the rain and they're in a, uh, I don't know, they're in a cave. Like a cave. Yeah. And so Napoleon mm. overcomes his fear of water and decides to save them. And and because of that, earns the respect of the young dog's mother. I don't know where she was. Uh, she just getting decides some to, tucker, getting some tucker. Decides to just rock up. Went down the chip shop. Yep, being a terrible mother, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, you know Napoleon uh, starts to uh, yeah talk talk to the dog. Yeah, they go on a big run on what looks like some salt flats, just mm-hmm. white sand. Yeah, and uh, they have a nice heart to heart. Yeah. And he realizes I need to go home. Yeah. Then he, uh, she offers him a ride. 
Yeah, and what does Napoleon ride on? He rides. It is an Australian film. He rides in the pouch of a kangaroo. A male kangaroo. A male kangaroo, (laughs) of sorts, voiced by. No, the kangaroo itself is actually male. He. uh, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Certain anatomy. Um, uh, Voiced by none other than Barry Humphreys as Dame Edna. Dame Edna herself. We mentioned her. The Queen of Australia. Mentioned her in The Howling Three. And now she's nice. she's back again, voicing Bloody a kangaroo, hell. singing singing her lungs out, being hysterical as always. Yeah, she she has this nice this nice song, and then it gets faster. Mm-hmm. She drops him off, and then uh, where does he pop up? Then he back on the shore. Back on the shore, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he, I'm just I'm just ready for the film to be over. Around oh, this at this point, point yeah, we're no. at the one hour mark, and but now nah, we we. It's not a film if it's one hour, so we got to feel in 20 minutes. Yep. So he comes across a bunch of uh, penguins. Fairy penguins. Fairy penguins. From um, none other than Queens, New York. Queens. And so it was Kono? Conan? Conan. Conan is the, um, is the young penguin that Napoleon stumbles across. And Excuse me? He has a lot to learn, like what's best in life. Yes. He's... Uh, Conan was best in life. Very good. He um, he he's just like Napoleon. Uh, he's uh, he wants young, bright-eyed. He wants wants to be a wild animal. No bloody clue. And Napoleon's like, mate, mate, just calm down. Right? I used to be like you. Well, mate, right? it's hard, Jackie. I got a it's, it's I got hard. a high tail for it's you. Kind of sucks, you know. But you know, I'll I'll help you if you want. Um, says, after his story, he says, "Buggy, I'm gonna do it anyway." Yep. And um, who is Conan's mum? Is that Joan Rivers? That is Joan Rivers. Joan Bloody Rivers. Why Joan Rivers I have no is idea. in this film, I don't know. I'm lost for it. She's in both versions. She says one line, one or two lines. Why? And here's your money, Joan Rivers. I was about to say, Spend surely you got something bit better to do. How much do you reckon she got paid for that? I Somebody bought a lunch? <laughs> Free trip to Australia, maybe? <laughs> I doubt I'm not that sure it was where she was recorded. at. I'm not sure where she was at. She at probably this time. just did it in Queens, New York. Yeah. Bloody hell. She had to go. She's a no. She's a Los Angeles. You know, she could Is record she? something over there. Yeah. Okay. Like Don Rivers. Anyway. <laughs> um, so the cat returns one final time. Oh. Wants to wants to murder battle. Napoleon. Uh, Napoleon's like, oh, I'm scared. Oh, I better run away. And um, tricks uh, the cat into jumping off a cliff. And um, into the basket, conveniently falling into the basket. So and the same she, basket that Napoleon arrived in, that he wanted to leave on. So that, uh, yeah. Exactly. And then uh, what happened was she floated. He or she? It's different in both versions, I think. Yeah, the cat, the cat is a man. Oh, why? Uh, um, uh, bloody flights off. Um, yeah. Is then marooned on this little island. Who is uh, Napoleon? Yeah, he's got no way out. Yeah, and what's he gonna do? I don't know, but old mate Birdo's come around. Birdo's here. Bloody Birdo's come around Birdo's on come the back of a day. turtle's back. Turtle's back. That's a well-trained dog to stay on a turtle's back. <laughs> oh, that poor. Do you think that's like... choppy water? Yeah, so that's, that's a bay. Napoleon hops onto the turtle's back and says goodbye to Birdo and Conan, and like ludicrous. He sails to um, sails all the way to Sydney Harbour, <laughs> and then I guess walks to Adelaide as a jog to Adelaide. Hitchhikes, I hitchhikes, don't know. yeah, gets a lift, catch a flight, and he returns home to his mum, and it's very sweet. And they, the two dogs, they're all 
play a bit. Yeah, playing a bit, cuddling. And uh, it doesn't end there though. Uh, no, not yet. Um, so we we fade to black, and then all of a sudden, boom! Cat's back. Why is the cat back? Who I don't know. Knows. It seemed like a very nice ending. Are they yeah. trying to ruin it? It's like a little. Um, it's a teaser where the cat goes, ah, now. Oh, uh, I know you're not a mouse. I know you're a dog. I'm gonna kill you, dog. It's just the character. The cat goes through no change. There's no, no arc. That it no com- arc. It's just pissed. It's just just a mad cat, and it's, it's just, just like, well, if you're bad, your chances are you're gonna stay bad. So you might as well. Good life lesson. Yep. Good life life lesson for the kids. Don't don't change. I mean, I don't understand. It had such a nice <laughs> ending, and then they have to pull this like it's Jaws or whatever. And then, uh, like, I don't know. I'm not going to say it ruined the ending. Um, uh, I'd, I'd venture. You, you, th- you think it ruins... <laughs> I know there's a lot of things nice that happy ruin. ending. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and this cat get... just comes back being like, oh, yeah, I'm still a dickhead, mate. And, and then, who's shat in his lunchbox? <laughs> like... I don't know. How did he even get into the wild? Did he get... A basket. Did the cat get into the basket <laughs> same too? Same as Napoleon. Exact he just same. didn't come out the same. Just, yeah. He saw some shit, man. He saw, he's seen some I don't want to. I don't want to know what those mice did, but yeah, it's not the same. So over the credits, I guess we're supposed to believe that this, the cat's going to murder this Napoleon's beautiful little slideshow. Yeah, very nineties. Very very nineties. And yeah, as as I said before, yeah, they sing they sing the theme again. Uh, music by Bill Conti, by the way. So, Never heard of him. Yeah. Probably never will. You don't really hear much about composers besides Hans Zimmerman and Danny Elfman. I mean... Let alone Australian composers. Yeah. What's that, Junkie XL? What's... <laughs> is that... Is that the Mad Max guy? Oh, bloody hell. I don't know. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. I know that one of the guys that did Fury Road was Dutch. He did the, like, chugging guitar for the... Um, that guitar player on the, the yeah. big rig with the um, all the speakers. Yeah. But it was a different guy who played him, but he just wrote the chugging guitar bit. Mm. Other than that, I'm not sure. Okay, cool. And that's the end. Roll credits. 80 minutes done. <sighs> so, really sorry, Jordan. <laughs> but I think it's, uh, it's interesting uh, to um, compare the two. I was just going to say, guys, stay away from the American version. Um, if only I knew. If only Jordan knew. Maybe he would have liked liked the film a little bit more, and maybe have a better understanding of why it's such a Ugh. cult classic. Because you go on go on IMDb, go on YouTube comments. It's at about six point six. Six point six on IMDb, and like ten out of ten reviews 10 from nineteen ninety nine or something. Yeah, it's. It was a different time. Yeah, it's a very charming Australian kids film. Look, it's very light hearted. Yeah. And I'm sure kids would love it because cute dogs and lots of cool wildlife. And if they're watching the Aussie one, fun accents. Yeah. But f- for me, it's not my forte. Yeah. Well, just just great personalities all around. And there's a lot of really great little jokes sprinkled in there. Um, I'm tempted to watch it again. Yeah. Just. Oh yeah. I'm not sure I'm tempted enough. Well, well next time, next time you do come back, come back to the podcast and uh, <laughs> let us know. So Napoleon, out of the way. Jordan, what are we going to watch next? So next week, we're going to take it back a little next further. 
Oh, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hand on heart. No, next knocking season. on wood. Yeah, next season. Um, so I wanted to go back a little further. I've been meaning to watch this film for a while. Now, we had touches of Napoleon in the Outback today. Yeah. So for next week, we are doing Wake and Fright from ah. 1971. So uh, I've wanted to watch this for quite some time. I have not seen this either. Yes, and so I think it'll be a good thing because I, I think this is the first film where nobody's actually seen it mm. because we'd seen all of the previous ones yep. up until now. Yeah. So I think this could be an interesting... From all accounts, it is a good film Yeah. and regarded quite highly I in mean, Australian cinema. If any film that's got a man fighting a kangaroo... I'm excited. I think to it see has it. to be heaps good. I mean, what's more Aussie than that? Yeah, nothing. Honestly, nothing. Just smash tennies. Yeah, hope punch Rose. Hopefully he's yeah, having a VB while he's doing it as Mate, well. Emu one, one hand in the VB, the other hand <laughs> punching the kangaroo. Be great. All right, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's been something I've been meaning to watch as well. It's um, it's on Stan. Uh, yep, so Stan really good. Is it on for, Netflix as well? I believe so, but I I'm not hundred percent. I remember seeing it a while ago. It could yeah. have been taken off. I'm really annoyed at Netflix for they take so many things off. Yeah. Considering how little we have compared to the American one. Yeah. I think it's manga is it like a Dropbox. Oh, like they yeah. only allowed hundred gigs. They only have a, yeah, they've only got hundred gig to do. Uh, and uh, they only choose the best of the best. Yeah. Why don't you take off some RuPaul's drag race? And get some more it's Australian not on content. Netflix, in there. I don't believe. No, but I'm referring to Stan because. Oh yeah. No, I, that, Netflix. Today was the first more. time I've actually used Stan, and I'm actually t- gonna get it because they have a lot of cartoons that I want to watch. Yeah. Like uh, Adventure Time. Yeah. Up to date on Adventure Time, regular show. They've got old Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Just real childhood stuff. The only thing that's bad about it is the name. The rubbish. Oh, I don't. I don't really care. It's, <laughs> but I why? Mean, yeah, no, it's a weird name why? for sure. I don't know. Sorry, stand? No, stand. No, stand. Just stand. stand. Like, Why is it called like stand? Like down the road, you know. Just All right. Standard? I don't know. Let's go. I think we've gone longer, <laughs> longer than the uh, film itself, as we always do. Um, but thanks again, once again, guys, for listening. Um, we're really sorry that it took so long to bring up another episode, and we're sorry if we're a little bit rusty or anything like that. It's just, I mean... Rough couple months, mate. Rough couple of months. Mate. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully we can get back into some things. Hopefully. Not sure if we're going to do it next week or maybe two weeks or whatever, but this is something we definitely want to do on a regular basis and this is something we very much enjoy. So, And um, hopefully we can get this thing on iTunes. Um, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Because that's where I listen to my podcast. Yeah, same. But it's it's a little more complicated than SoundCloud. We'll figure it out. Anyway, thanks again so much, guys. Next week, we're looking at Wake and Fright, so check that out. Um, also, if you want to watch Napoleon, it is on YouTube. The Australian version is on YouTube. I would recommend that. In 10 over parts. Stan. Yep. So definitely just, check that out. Just I'm, do that. I'm going to write a letter to Stan saying I'm not happy. Mate, I'm going to I'm knock on their Jan. door. <laughs> yep. Not good. Not having it. Not happening. Oh, also, I want to plug one more thing. Um, oh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so the Media Resource Centre, which is like a um, Adelaide facility that helps um, fund short films, um, any like documentaries, web series, whatever, and they have equipment hire. They are putting on a conference for um, emerging filmmakers. Um, it's on July the 28th and 29th. Um, I'm helping out with the conference, so this is this is my part, putting the plug. 
plug-in for them. Um, but they've got some really amazing people. Um, we've got uh, Vicky Madden, who's the showrunner of the Fox Cell drama series, The Kettering Incident. Yep. Um, I watched a little bit of it. Oh, I've been meaning to. Yeah. It, it came across as like a... All shot in Tasmania, isn't it? Yeah, Tasmania. Yeah. Beaut- beautifully shot. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's sort of like Twin Peaks, but a little bit darker and um, a little more serious, but still really good. Here's the thing. I just bought all of Twin Peaks and I've been watching it and I'm loving it. You bought Twin Peaks? Yes, I did because my house got robbed and my USB got stolen. And right. so I felt bad for myself and I bought something that would take my mind off it. But now you've got a stand account. Is old Twin Peaks on there? Yep. Fuck. Every episode. Well, so. I like owning it because I've got the weird log lady openings and I've Log got, Lady openings. Yeah, she's just as a quick weird monologue. <gasps> I've got to see these two. It's things. not even in high definition, it's just still standard definition from like the yes. old telly. Four by three? Pretty much. Square ratio? Yeah. I love it. But I'm loving it at yep. the moment. So Okay, we'll talk about it after. Yeah, sorry. We'll talk about it after, yep. So we've got Vicky Mann. Uh, we've got the Cairns Brothers. Um, they did a horror short, uh, not a short film, a horror feature film called 100 Bloody Acres, yep. which I think is on Netflix. I know it was on Netflix. It might still be on That's Netflix. That's the thing. They take so much stuff on and Really, off. really funny film. We'll definitely be talking about someday on the show. And um, Nathan Earl, who's the producer and director, he's done um, uh, The Chasers War and Everything. Uh, he did a show for Stan called Plonk. He's done Balls of Still Australia and a whole bunch of other TV shows and so much more. It's over over two days. Um, there's uh, panel discussions, there's group discussions and there's actually one-on-one pitches. So if you are an emerging filmmaker who, or you just you know love Australian cinema and just want to know more about the business and maybe how to get into the business, highly recommend you check it out. Go to um, screenmakersconference.com and book a ticket there. So, Jordan, thanks again. Cheers, man. Uh, And once again, we will see you again with Wake and Fright. I'm Tom Riley. I have to return some videotapes. There's a new world out there Coming to find me Everything's waiting up ahead Nothing's behind me If I don't dream If I don't try A dog. Dog must die. Cut.